All right, so before I invite uh, Scott to come and, and join me here, let me just put a couple of things in your brain. Uh, thank you for being here this morning. Glad that you've uh, braved the hot sunshine to uh, make it to church this morning. Uh, right, scorching. It's so hot out there. Uh, it's really nice, right? It's beautiful. I don't want to hear any one of you complain about how hot it is. I will kick you in the shins. Um, But uh, just remind you about a couple of things. This is the week that our Grace Works ministry kicks off here in the park, uh, right up the road uh, here, Heatherstone Park. Uh, that's the park that we'll be working with pre uh, predominantly throughout the summer. Um, you'll notice on the flyers that are around and in the advertising that we've sent out that uh, it, it really begins today and tomorrow. Um, I know that I believe Heatherstone is going to start tomorrow. Is that right, Tyler? Heatherstone Park will start tomorrow, right? I know some of them uh, were delayed, but Heatherstone will start tomorrow. So uh, what that means is that uh, starting tomorrow from uh, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoons, our teams uh, that will be based out of here will be at Heatherstone Park, sort of already beginning to try and build momentum, get the word out, to have a presence there. And uh, you are both welcome and encouraged to come and engage with those times if you can. You can come and go. You can come in for a little while, hang out, meet some people. Uh, be a presence and then go. And maybe you can't do it every day, but maybe you can come on this day or maybe you can come on that day. Whatever, whatever you can do to plug into that. And then, of course, our emphasis is Thursday night, 6.30 to 8.30 at the park. Um, you just need to show up there and hang out. Uh, we've got uh, uh, the team there will be uh, preparing and, and setting up activities for the kids and for the families and uh, food and, and all that kind of stuff, lots of fun things. You can go there and uh, play with our neighbors, meet our neighbors, introduce yourselves to our neighbors, and uh, begin to build that relationship. That's the idea. And guys, our ultimate goal here isn't really about the church. We hope that the church will benefit from this because we would love to have more people as part of our community who then are on this journey with us. Our goal is really to have the opportunity to present the good news of Jesus Christ to them, whether it's there in the park, which we'll do every week. We'll have a, a brief presentation of the gospel every week in the park. But then maybe in your personal conversations, you're able to do that. And then maybe if they come to church, you know that they're going to hear it here, right? So that's really what we're after is we want to present the gospel to people and let them know that Christ Community Church is here and that we care about our neighborhood, the people around us in our community uh, uh, so much that we want to share with them the most important thing that we could possibly ever share, and that is the good news of Jesus Christ, all right? So we've been talking about that a lot. Um, I want to uh, ask Scott to come and, and join me, and, and we're just going to have kind of a conversation uh, here today about... Grace works and how it came to be and what it means and what, what is its purpose and all of those things. And I wanted you to, to be able to, to see and hear that conversation with us as well. And uh, I just want to say uh, thanks, Scott, for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I love Scott Kirby a, a great deal. He's a good friend. We've known each other for a long time. Um, and he'll tell us a little bit about when he got here. It should be ready to go. Don't, don't worry too much. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, I, I will also say that I just have the greatest amount of respect uh, for Scott. We have a lot of people who come to Alaska to, to do ministry, whether it's church ministry or missions or things like that. And uh, if you've been here for a while or if you've grown up here, you know uh, Alaska has a way of beating it out of people. Um, it is a hard place to live. 
and it's a hard place to minister. And uh, Scott's been here for a long time now. When God called him to Alaska, I think God really called him to Alaska, and it's in his heart. Um, he's uh, just got such great character and a love for the Lord, and, and I appreciate him very much. And so I'm glad that he's here with us this morning. Would you welcome Scott uh, here this morning? So with that, tell us, how did you get to Alaska? Because when he starts talking, you'll realize he's not from here. Hey, hey, everybody. I am very happy to be here today. And actually, this is a very happy place for me, and that's part of my story. I know it is. Uh, 17, 18 years ago, my life had just, marriage, everything had unraveled. And I felt a draw just to come to Alaska take off in a camper and reconnect with God. And um, I sent out emails to a bunch of pastors, Baptist pastors up here, just saying, hey, I'd like to swap some frequent flyer miles for a use of a camper. And Jay Sample of the South Anchorage Baptist Church emailed me back, and not too long later, I found myself acquiring a camper in this parking lot and making this home base for me as I began my journey of rebuilding my life back at that time. So uh, long story is like many of you, someone told me one time, you don't choose Alaska, Alaska chooses you. And I feel like I'm one of the chosen ones. So uh, God just drew me up here, gave me a vision of how he could use me and here I am. So take that back a little bit further for us. How did you how did you meet Jesus? How did that, how did that happen in your oh, life? Oh, man, a brown-eyed girl, 17 years old, invited me to a Campus Crusade student life meeting. And I went because I was interested in the girl, but I wound up finding God. She shared a Four Spiritual Laws booklet with me. I pretty much lied my way through the booklet, but took it home <laughs> that evening alone in my bedroom, I read through it and I said, God, I don't understand a bunch about this, but if I could have what these people have, I would like to know Jesus. And man, my life changed. So you, 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 grew, up, you grew up where? I have a southern accent, y'all. Uh, I'm from Georgia. <laughs> That was a really quick response there. Like, you and me. You and me. I'm actually a Georgia, Georgia graduate. Oh, wow. So it's been nice having Scott here with us this morning. <laughs> but uh, so you grow up in Georgia. You get, you get through college and all that kind of stuff. Um, you came to Alaska, as you just told us, to, to, to rebuild things that come apart. I think a lot of us can identify with that. A lot of us know that story, right, where uh, you find yourself at the place where you're really running for the only refuge that you can find. But then how does that become the seeds for GraceWorks, and, and how did GraceWorks begin? When did it officially begin, and what did it look like when it first started? This is really a cool story. Thank you for asking so. that question. Uh, <laughs> um, the deal was... I had been leading our mission for several years doing teams in Eastern Europe. That was petering out. People were losing interest in that part of the world. Um, I came to Alaska feeling like I can, I can use volunteers, teams serving Christ up here. But I, I knew we could get people to come to Alaska, but I wasn't sure how to use volunteer teams strategically and intentionally 
to penetrate darkness, to do more than just building a wall or painting a wall. And so uh, Randy Graham, Grandview Baptist Church, after about a year of being here, called me over and said, Scott, you're really good at volunteer teams, but what if you did da-da-da-da-da-da-da? And he laid out the entire vision of what we're doing today. And then he said, you could call it something like Grace Works. And I said, well, that's a nice name. And frankly, uh, Tracy, I'm not smart enough to have thought up any of this. It was just more like God just put it together and I just tried not to mess it up. So uh, maybe uh, back to your first, and I remember sitting at uh, what used to be Cafe Vivace down here with Jay and those guys. I remember sitting down there talking about when this began to come together and you were telling stories about how uh, these ideas had become together. What were some of the first things that, that you did as GraceWorks? What were some of those early projects or things that you I mean, put We did on? a lot of village teams, um, which was a learning curve. Any of you who've served out in native villages, we don't know what we're doing. Um, usually at the beginning. Uh, now, at least I know what I don't know now. Uh, uh, but we, again, we started with a lot of service projects which weren't as strong ministry-oriented. We began to slowly fine-tune into working in local parks with disadvantaged kids usually, but in tough neighborhoods just trying to do backyard Bible school, sports games, recreation, evangelistic park parties, trying to connect with lost people uh, and share the most glorious message that's changed all of our lives. So do you remember in those early days, like how many people, maybe in your first couple of years, that actually came to, oh, man. to serve? Do you remember? We've got more serving on staff just this summer between our four locations than we had <laughs> the first two years, put two or three years put together. It's amazing. And that's just, that's, when he says staff, he means folks that are both here. Some of them are here year round, and some of them are here every summer, but they come early, yeah. and they begin doing prep work weeks in advance of the mission teams that will begin yeah. arriving yeah. today yeah. Uh, to prepare for this to happen over the next several weeks. Um, what was your connection to the Canucks? Uh, Do you remember? No. Tyler does. <laughs> no, actually, the deal was Tyler came. I don't remember Tyler. Fall, I mean, he showed up on a mission. To, yeah, you yeah. tell it. I mean, I remember how we connected again, but I don't remember apart from you telling me later, and I think it's better you tell. I agree with your pastor, Tracy. Some of you probably heard the story. I don't know. So uh, in 2007, you guys know I met Tracy at Laverne Griffin. So prior to that, the way we got involved with Laverne Griffin was Carrie and I came up our first trip ever to Alaska in 2007. And we came to work at Laverne Griffin and cleaned the camp up to get ready for summer camps. Well, we came on that trip through Scott. We were one of the first original GraceWorks missionaries that ever came on to Alaska. And so that was the first time we met Scott. And then the next year we came back, or 2010 we came back and we met Tracy. And so Scott really has a huge part in, that has played in us coming up here and meeting Tracy and being here, honestly. So it was kind of a, been a whirlwind. And then in 2015, uh, when Riverpoint was up doing a trip with Laverne Griffin, the first year that Riverpoint came up, my, our home church in Georgia, um, we were out at Byron Glacier and... Scott Kirby walks up with a bunch of grace workers 
And I'm like, hey, man, you remember me? <laughs> and he's like, you said, I remember your face, but I don't remember your name. <laughs> so we started talking again, and he's like, oh, yeah. And so we met for coffee, and the rest is history, as they say. Well, and that's really led us to here. And it's, it's an interesting, thank you, Tyler. It's an interesting picture of often how God works. I mean, I've known Scott for a long time, known about Grace Works, but we really haven't intersected in that arena. But here God sort of lays the, the groundwork, you know, 11 years ago on a completely unrelated project. I don't even know the Canups. Uh, Tyler came to uh, the, was it the first year of, of yeah. youth camp? It's the first year of X-Faith Youth Camp. And I was a camp pastor and I was going to lead worship and I'd gotten a phone call from the camp directors who said, there's a guy coming. They've said there's a guy who's coming, uh, who's coming and he wants to help lead worship. And I'm like, oh man. Because you know how that goes, right? And then he came, and uh, we got together, and we started playing together. I was like, all right, well, this is all right. So then I just gave it to him and said, you just do it. You know, and then he continued to return, and we began talking about God's vision for maybe how God wanted to bring Tyler and Carrie to Alaska. And by that time, uh, they had the, the kids and, and could be part of Christ Community Church. And then for that to then turn back around in another direction and come back to Grace Works for us to be sitting here today, I think that's amazing. That's exciting to me. I love to see when God uh, moves things around. And, and I don't know if they're his plan per se. I don't know if it's something that he thought of, you know, that good works before the foundation of the world. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know that. I just know that I can look at those kinds of circumstances and have some confidence in moving forward because I see God's hand moving in the places and directions that we're going. I always want to go personally, and I would encourage you to go personally, and we try to lead the church to go as we see God moving. And so this was an, this was an arena where we saw that over these events that, that have now transpired over more than a decade, that we go, okay, this is a direction that God is moving us. And so uh, I hope that you can take confidence in that too as we talk about these things for the summer and and I know we're asking you for, for commitment, and we are. We're asking you for commitment to those Thursday nights as much as you can be, that, that you will commit to those because you see the way that God has begun to move these things together and that he wants to do something significant within us. Um, so what does GraceWorks look like today? Ooh. Wow. And by the way, just back to Tyler's thing, the moment we met there at Byron Glacier, there was that nudge of the Holy Spirit saying, Kirby, you stupid, wake up. You know, do y'all know, you know what I'm talking about? When the Holy Spirit's saying, this is something important happening. And this, and this is true because we yeah. talked about this, I think, before you ever talked to yeah. Tyler about this. Mm -hmm. um, I think Scott actually called me first and said, hey, uh, I feel like something is happening here. And so that was very exciting. And then to see that to where it's come to today yep. is pretty cool. Amen. And you guys, y'all known a long time, the quality young man you got in Tyler, but uh, GraceWorks is so thrilled to have him helping us also. So thank you for sharing him with what we're doing. And we, we love him and, and he's just a, a great blessing to us. So thank you for that. Uh, okay. What was the question? What, okay. what does GraceWorks okay. look like today? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have notes. Right? Uh, <laughs> uh, this has just been an amazing ride. God has grown this thing. So we started off just kind of working out of Muldoon Red Baptist Church, 
housing a few people there. Now we have, this summer we'll have about 1,200 volunteers from America coming up here uh, serving with, with GraceWorks at the, on their own dimes, uh, working 14 local parks here in the city and up in the valley, five days a week, Monday through Friday, working with children and youth and moms and dads, uh, an evangelistic park party in each park each week, which puts us over 100 evangelistic park parties. And those things cost us about $400 a party. And praise God, you know, the money is always there. Uh, and, and just a big whoop-de-doo. And I, I'm going to say that we probably are the largest single evangelistic effort happening in the state of Alaska. And that's a God thing. And if, if you've watched this process grow, we just kind of, we never intended to put something like this together, Tracy. We just kind of were trying to do one step at a time and, and engage people working with lost people in our, in our city. We have four housing locations, of which y'all are now one of them. Um, we're very excited about this. My, my problem was we had such incredible booking of teams this year that I realized last fall I'm in trouble. I either got to say no to mission teams coming to Alaska or I got to get, I got to find another place. And uh, you and me and Tyler talked and, and they offered up the possibility of, of making this a base camp for missions here in South Anchorage. Uh, and I just want to thank you for your willingness to share your facilities and your parking places out here. <laughs> if you notice, we've, we're taking up several. But we're excited that we're working and sharing Jesus at so many locations now. And just thank you. We can put the word out there. We can put the gospel food out there. But unless the Holy Spirit does something amazing, you and I both know there's no, nothing's going to happen. And so that's where we just pray and ask you to pray, pray, pray that God will bless what's going on. And that's an important aspect, too, of, of why we're here at South Anchorage Baptist Church. Um, you and I have talked about the, the very intentional vision that we've had here at, at this location for Christ Community Church. You know, birthed from First Baptist Church back in 1980, uh, became a South Anchorage Baptist Church, and then, you know, we moved in here, what, what did we say, Jason, 17 years ago? Is that what we said? 15 years ago, um, Christ Community Church was birthed in this place. Um, but as we've worked through our own vision, trying to figure out what God wants us to do as Christ Community Church, many of you have been with us along that journey. The, the several years ago when uh, Tyler and Carrie came, that was a big step for us to move to where we were investing in uh, worship, uh, having someone lead worship besides me. If, if you weren't here, you may not realize that for a long time, for about, I don't even know how many years, I preached and led worship every Sunday, which was a blast. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. But the church couldn't grow past a certain point because I was too spread thin. I mean, you wouldn't know that by looking at me, but you know what I mean. Um, but uh, we realized that we needed help, and God had put us together through the camp ministry. And, and we'd met Tyler, and we'd met Carrie, and, and the church took a huge step of faith in doing that. And then over the, the past several years, we've been very intentionally working through um, this time period here. What do we do with this time period to be effective in, in 
teaching and, and preaching and spreading the gospel to those who show up here and having uh, a meaningful worship time. Um, we invested heavily in our children's ministry with the facilities, and, and we've had some fantastic volunteers. That's always a struggle. Uh, keeping a children's ministry going is probably the hardest thing that we do. Uh, but we've had some great people who have helped us with that over the last few years. Our very next intentional step was life groups. Uh, this was probably two or three years ago, something that we'd really pursued at different times and had frankly not been very successful at. Not, I think, because we were doing a poor job. I just think the timing was wrong. And that's something we've had to learn a lot about is timing, uh, plugging into God's timing. And so a few years ago, we really put the emphasis on life groups. And that has taken off in a way that, that we've been very excited about, and we hope that's going to continue to grow into the future. The very next piece of that, and this has all been very intentional choices that we've made along the way, was for us to begin then as a church to take some efforts to focus more outwardly than inwardly. And so one of the things that we did with that was a couple of years ago, if you'll remember, we introduced the Serve This City Sundays, where we take a Sunday uh, three or four times a year. We gather here at 10 o'clock. We sing a couple of songs together, but then we've planned some actual hands-on community ministry that our folks then go out together in teams and do on that Sunday morning, uh, encountering people. We've done uh, ministry at the firehouse. We've gone to the Providence and regional ER uh, systems. We've gone uh, downtown to homeless communities and, and done handouts and things like that. And you guys have responded to those incredibly well. Our next intentional step was to do something that was a little bit more intentional, maybe a lot more intentional within our neighborhood and our community. And that's really the time that we started to have this conversation. And our initial conversations were, how can we plug into GraceWorks? Because Tyler was getting involved and we could see the advantage of that. I was very comfortable with Scott and the way that he does what he does. And I knew that uh, we were, if we could plug in, we'd be plugging into something that was very quality. But Having this become the South Anchorage base for GraceWorks was not the original conversation. Um, it's just really something that God brought together uh, in really kind of a miraculous way, and it's going to benefit both of us in, in many, many different ways, so I'm very excited about that. So with all of that being said, what, how would you encapsulate the vision of GraceWorks? What is GraceWorks trying to do? Many of you know that... Uh, Alaska, maybe you don't, Alaska's ranked the least church attending state in America. Uh, and part of our vision, if any of you used to be Atlanta Braves fans in the 1990s, they went from the worst to the first. And part of our vision is to see partnering with other churches, with other organizations, to see a Jesus movement, a remarkable, life-changing, state-changing rocking Jesus movement that will change our state in the direction of Christ. Um, we actually believe that God can do such a thing. And so that's our vision. The vision of the command of Jesus is to make disciples, not to lead volunteer teams. We use volunteer teams as a means to reaching people and making disciples of Jesus Christ. But we're not satisfied until we see that happening. So how do, how do local churches play into that? Why are wow. they so important to the yeah. idea of this? Listen, we can do two months of intensive stuff with more energy than any, any churches in the state can pull up. But we can't carry it on 12 months a year with, with our situation now. 
We've got to have church partners who will engage with the people that we're helping to win to, to the glorious gospel of Jesus. And these partners take responsibility of helping to mentor, disciple, and, and incorporate the people that we're reaching into their families, by church families. Do you see, um, how's, how has that worked up to this point? Um, yes and no. Uh, uh, we've all been, this is not, Alaska is a tough ministry field. Uh, we have some wonderful successes where we've got studies where churches are very much engaged, Bible studies from people that are in, you know, that have grown, come to Christ, and we've got other places where, man, we're just still banging our heads against the wall. So, yes and no, it works. Right, and that, that describes ministry in Alaska. That describes our church ministry uh, over the last 20 years. There's a lot of yes and no. There's a lot of trying and being successful, and there's a lot of trying and not being successful. Um, I hope that you've seen, as you've been here, however long you've been here, that in the DNA of Christ Community Church is to never quit trying. Uh, we, don't let, we don't let the things that don't work dissuade us from maybe thinking about something else and trying to find something else. There's a, there's a, a bit of a mystery of figuring out how to engage in the things that God is leading you to do and exactly what that looks like. I'm very excited about this opportunity. I would encourage you as Christ Community Church, as you get involved in this and you, you hang out at the park parties, to also be thinking forward creatively about how can we make that next step of engaging these people that we have an opportunity to, to meet, to build relationships with, maybe to make friendships with, to, to extend that into something that lasts longer than the eight weeks or so of Grace Works ministry that we'll be involved in. Uh, are there um, other events that we can have? Are there life groups that maybe don't exist today that could exist that would minister to those people? Are there things that maybe God calls you to do, maybe in the context of a life group that maybe isn't something that's at the church, but maybe you do a life group that's where they are, if that makes sense? Uh, going to them instead of having this attitude that we tend to have in the church as a general idea. I'm not saying Christ Community Church necessarily, but in the church with the big C, that, uh, that kind of if you build it, they will come mentality. Well, what if we actually went? Uh, and that's the passage you're referring to. Go ye therefore into all nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to do all of the things that I have commanded you to do. These are the words... Jesus gave to his disciples, and we are his disciples. And so that's one of the other reasons that I really love uh, the vision and the idea of Grace Works is that while it hasn't always been the greatest success that you've had, that you're still committed to this idea that what you're doing can, can connect to the local church, which, by the way, a little bit, a tiny little soapbox right here. Um, and, and I only think of it now because of the context of this conversation and something that was on my my Twitter feed from this guy yesterday that I almost responded to, but hey, I learned some lessons this last week about Twitter from uh, Roseanne. Um, <laughs> you know, you can burn down a career in 240 words or less. Um, so I didn't respond. But there's this, there's this thing that rattles around out there, and some of our folks deal with it sometimes, and some of my very close friends deal with it, and it's this idea that they don't really need church. 
that this church thing, and, it, and, and the thing, I think the thing I read yesterday was this guy said he was thinking about his dad who, who when his son, he said, when I asked my dad when I was young, why do we go to church? He said, we go because it appears that there are some people who need this corporate worship thing. Listen to me, guys. The church was established by God in Christ Jesus. It's really not an optional thing. The church, the church is the bride of Christ. And we can look at it sometimes and say it, it's inefficient or it's weird or it doesn't do the things that we want it to do or the way that it's structured or the music that they do or blah, 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 blah. None of that stuff matters. What matters is that God took this sort of foolish thing of people getting together and singing together. I mean, who does that, right? I mean, people who go to rock concerts do that. It's actually something that's in our humanity but God said, let's do it this way and let's glorify God with it. So God ordained this thing called church. It's not a throwaway. It's not an optional thing. It's actually supposed to be a vital part of the Christian life. And it's really getting kind of dumped on by uh, modern culture and even by our younger church culture. Uh, that, ah, that, that's not really what God meant. You know, I don't need that church thing. Guys, that is a dangerous position to take. And, and I think it's it's actually really anti-biblical to take that point of view. And I'm not speaking that because this is how I make my living. I can go make my living doing something else. I don't care about that. I'm saying this is vital to who we are as Christians, that we do this thing together, and that God works through the church. So I, I deeply appreciate the fact that over all these years, even though sometimes that church component has really driven you crazy, that you've not given up on it, that you still believe in it, and that it's still something that's, that's critical to you and your thinking. So I appreciate that. Um, so maybe this last thing here, uh, any Bible verses or passages that you think specifically about how God has used them to teach you about the ministry that he's called you to, or grace works in general, or? Tracy, can I be a heretic and say there was a song instead of a Bible verse? Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, years ago, when I was first just struggling with leaving the, the sure paycheck of pastoring a church, and going into missions, I was driving somewhere between Shreveport, Louisiana, and Dallas, Texas on I-20. And I was listening to Twyla Paris, this would go back to the 80s, a song she has, Do I Trust You? Do I Trust You? And that was the question that she was asking in that song. As, as I'm about to seem like step off a cliff, you know, uh, into the turbulent quicksands and waters of turning an arm. Uh, do I trust you? And it was just a settling time as I worked through that, that God was saying, do this, and if you'll obey me, and you will trust. And that, that doesn't come natural, does it? You know, sometimes that's a tough call in your life as you wrestle with that. It sure was with me. But I made a decision that I was going to depend on Jesus and he was going to take care of us. And, hey, man, I've, I, I've messed up a lot. But, but that's been a driving thing that helped me take that step in going forward in missions. That's fantastic. Um, a passage that I thought about when we were meeting earlier this week and kind of talking about today. There's this, it's in Matthew, or in, uh, I think it's John. Let me make sure I'm in the right. John chapter 4. There's this passage where uh, Jesus has been ministering. He's been, um, one of my favorite stories, the woman at the well, he's encountered her, and they've had this 
discussion. And at the beginning of that event, there was this whole discussion between Jesus and the, the disciples about getting some food, right? And then the disciples go off to get some food, and then Jesus has this encounter with the woman at the well. And they return, and they see that Jesus still hasn't eaten. And, uh, and they're like, they say, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has he got a sandwich in his pocket or something? I mean, that's basically what they're saying. Has he got a sandwich that he's been hiding for the last two days? Um, has somebody brought him something to eat? And Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I think that's really important for us to remember that uh, because sometimes uh, we hear people, as, as pastors too, we would hear this a lot too, um, feed me like Seymour, feed me Seymour. I need to be fed. Well, sometimes the food that you need to have is to actually do something, not just receive something, but do something. And this is what Jesus said. He said, my food, the thing that sustains me is doing what God has called me to do. And he says these words. Um, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. And the thing that Jesus is trying to tell them is what I want us to think about as we go into this next week. <clears throat> and these several weeks that follow, we can spend a lot of time going, well, you know, someday, someday will be the right time for me to head out to the park and, and hang out with people. Uh, someday will be the right time for Christ Community Church to really put her hands on community ministry and do something in their neighborhood uh, that's not about themselves. Someday, someday, someday. And we can lose all of our tomorrows waiting for someday to arrive. And Jesus gives us this lesson right here. He says, look, the calendar might say that the harvest is four months from now, but Jesus says to his disciples, wake up, look around, around you right now, there are people. And he's referring to the woman that he just talked to at the well. He's saying, here's one of them. There are people around you right now who are ready. They're ready to hear the gospel. They're ready to hear the good news. They're ready to know about Jesus and who he is and what he offers to all of humanity if they will hear and receive which is eternal salvation, rescue from their sins through the person, the work, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If they will, as we sang this morning, surrender all to him. And they're not going to be ready four months from now. They're ready now. And so I want us to think about and pray and work towards the, the idea that for us, Heatherstone Park and wherever else we get to work this summer is our field that's ready. It's not going to be ready eight weeks from now. It's ready now. And so let's go and let's be the harvesters. Let's go and share the gospel with these people and, uh, and do that together. So I hope that you'll uh, continue to be part of that and uh, that you've been planning. Is there anything else that you want to, want to drop out here this morning? You know, it's hard not to preach. Yeah. I know. I, I was uh, working on it myself there. You do well. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to say... It, it, one of my favorite things, thank you. Uh, we're having such a great conversation. Hey, y'all, y'all can join in in what we're doing. Uh, I like this guy, by the way. You know, you are very, yes, you know, y'all are very blessed with your pastor and, and his leadership. Um, um, I like to say that the Great Commission is not primarily for the world to go to church. And 
that's not a bad thing. Here you are. Here I am. But the Great Commission is not primarily for the world to go to church. It is for the church to go to the world. And the operative word is go. Uh, a lot of churches have signs as you leave the church saying you are now entering the mission field. And our mission field, our immediate mission field is Anchorage, Alaska. And your immediate mission field is here in South Anchorage. And immediately, uh, y'all's church is focusing on one community trying to just engage with that community and begin to share the gospel in a natural, not beating people over the head, but in a natural way of just making relationships, talking to people, talking about your faith, why are you here, uh, that kind of stuff. So again, let me encourage you as your pastor had, uh, we don't want to push you to do anything uncomfortable, just engage presence, talk to people, and the gospel comes out when we do that, I believe. Well, I'm glad that you've been here with us this morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you for doing that. I'm going to ask you, actually, if you and the rest of the GraceWorks folks that are here, the staff that's here already, will you all come down here and just gather here in the front, and we're going to pray for you and pray for your work this summer? Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Come on down. Come on down, y'all. All right, would you stand together with me? 